Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language and so glorify God. Let's begin. I am delighted to welcome Kimberly Hahn to the show today. Kimberly is the wife of Scott, mom of six, Nana to 20. Kimberly serves as counsel at large in Steubenville, Ohio, and is the host of the podcast, Beloved and Blessed with Kimberly Hahn. She's also the author of the newly re-released Graced and Gifted Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Great to be with you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you were quoted in the first season of our podcast. <laughs> Cammy <laughs> Kaiser um, took a quote from you and your husband Scott. You can't outgive God. Yeah. Um, and we had a wonderful chat about it. Um, it's something that's really stuck with me. Something that that comes to my mind often. So, I'm excited to chat with you now about a quote from your mom. Yes. Yes. Homemaking is about relationships. Can you tell us how, what, what prompted your mom to tell you that? What that conversation was like. Right. I was preparing the talks that we filmed, and then I wrote this book, Graced and Gifted. And so I was really seeking her wisdom. She has been such a model for me of homemaking at every level, the cooking, the cleaning, the organizing, the management of time, management of finances. And so I thought, I'll ask her just what is the most important thing about homemaking specifically. And I really thought she was going to give me a task. And she said, well, homemaking is about relationships. And it was like, yes, yes. Why we do all the things we do is fundamentally out of our love for God, our love for our spouse and our love for our children. And if we keep that at the forefront, then it helps us in this massive juggle of all the, the stuff of the task making because it's fundamentally in service. And, and it was just a, a fabulous thing to say because it reorient, reoriented all my thoughts. And uh, it didn't change the tasks, but it changed the focus. Yes. Yes. And I'm thinking the, the things that we're trying, my, my children are young. The oldest one is 10. 
And when we're trying to teach them, we clean the bathrooms on Saturday mornings, or, you know, sometimes we tell them, we don't want you to be an adult who doesn't know how to clean a toilet because we think that's a life skill that you need. But it's also about the other people who share that bathroom with you. Yes. It's all of those things. It is. It is. That really came home to me one day when I was in the midst of laundry. Um, I don't normally get discouraged by the repetitive nature of our tasks in homemaking. But one day I was walking up the stairs with a load of laundry. I had five children at the time. So David wasn't born yet. Joe was my one and a half year old. And my eye caught a health tech shirt on the top of the whole pile that I knew my oldest son had worn and then Gabriel had worn. So it was Michael and then Gabriel, Hannah didn't wear it. It was too boyish. And then uh, Jeremiah wore, and now Joseph was wearing it. And I just, I, I just stopped in my tracks and actually vocalized a prayer. I'm like, Lord, what am I doing? Like how many times have I washed this one shirt and how many more times am I going to wash this shirt? And it just, honestly, the load felt so heavy. I didn't know how to move. And God answered that prayer. And he just spoke to my heart. He said, think of it this way. How many little boys have you been able to love with this one shirt? And all of a sudden, you know, I realized my task hadn't changed, but I'm changing as I lay down my life for my family. And the load became so heavy, I could have danced up the stairs. It was like, yes, yes, this one little tiny shirt has given me how many opportunities to love, how many sons, how many ways. You know, and that's the perspective that I think we need to bring to homemaking. If we're honest, every one of us can go to bed at night feeling like a failure. You can have a fabulous meal on the table, You can have laundry caught up, but you haven't tackled the cobwebs and cleaned the toilets, or you've cleaned the whole house stem to stern and realized to your horror at 515, you have no idea what you're putting on the table for dinner, you know? And so do we focus on everything we failed to get done in a day, or do we humbly admit that our job is in a sense a walk of humility? And as we give the day to the Lord, And then we entrust him that we will work as hard as we can, but his grace will cover all that we lack. Then we can say, Lord, thank you that today, these are the things that got done according to your will. And then according to Kimberly's will, I let go of the things that did not get done. Yes. And I think that speaks so beautifully to the the challenge I think younger mothers have now. Um, This this quote made me think of a, a friend I spoke to recently who um, she has a little one um, and another one on its way. I don't like the phrase on its way. The baby is already there, just not out of her body yet. Um, <laughs> but, and she works and she's trying to negotiate. She feels called to work. And she said, you know, the homemaking stuff, it's not for me. I don't enjoy it. Like I don't enjoy the cooking and the cleaning and whatever. Um, and we kind of talked about how some people feel it's more, it comes more naturally to them. They find more joy in it. And some people don't, and both of those things are fine. And I think that's totally still true, but when you add this bit of relationships into it, sometimes it turns into, oh, you, you don't, your house doesn't look like Pinterest and that's okay, but it's almost patronizing that like, well, you don't do that, but it's fine. You don't do that, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that your kids know that they're loved and that you have a solid relationship with your spouse and that you're putting God at the center of your family. 
then all those other bits, I think, fall into place. But the way our culture, I think, has, even their Catholic culture sometimes has that conversation, still leaves out the relationship part. It's still about if you want to do something else that is acceptable and that can be celebrated, but it's still about what you do rather than how you relate and how you love really. Well, and I th think there's a lot more to making a home than just a checklist. Um, and I think some women have found through this pandemic and being home that it is a place they can enjoy. They can, they can use their skills and abilities and really put more into, in service to their family. Um, my mom used to say, my goal for dinner is to welcome the family back from the storms of life into a safe harbor, into a place of peace and order. And you don't have to be wealthy to have cleanliness and to have order, to have that sense of peace. Um, there are small things we can do that speak to the heart of the child or to speak to the heart of our spouse and say, I've really thought about you today. And that's why you've got shirts ironed and hanging in the closet, or that's why um, I bought a new shelf and we're gonna put all those wonderful books we like to read so they're not scattered all over the floor. Um, doing the tasks of homemaking, if it's, if it's focused on our family members, becomes an expression of love and service to God and to and to our family. And that takes a certain dying to self, um, but I don't think it means less. Now, I wanted to give you one example because I, I have a cha whole chapter on cooking and how to minimize some of the, the things that are difficult, but how to really maximize what it is you're doing. You're not just the food service that isn't paid. You are you are seeking to give them food for the body in a context that will also bring peace to the soul. And uh, I talked about the importance of the family table and the dinner hour. Um, one gal who attended the retreat said to me, her husband worked swing shift and she said, I go to McDonald's every night. She said, I, it's not an occasional thing. I have four children, I load them up in the car, we drive through McDonald's, we come home, we don't use plates because my children don't do chores. We just eat out of the wrappers and then it's a quick throwing it away. And she said, I've never thought any differently about it. And she said, I'm going to go home and begin to cook. I, I, I've told myself if my husband isn't there, it's not worth it, it is worth it. And I'm going to feed my children myself and train them to do dishes because it doesn't have to all fall on me. And she said, I don't know what else you'll say. And that was only one of the talks. But she said, my life is going to change. And my children's life, my family's life, it is, it is such an important thing to be the homemaker. And unfortunately, I feel like our culture so demeans it, talking about it in terms like it's a cage or a woman's trapped or, um, you know, she's, she's uh, chained, you know, the, and, and I hope that more women will see the liberation it is to be home and to bring the fullness of our femininity forward. Yes, in the tasks, but oriented toward love of God, spouse and children. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes people think they don't want it or they talk about it in that way of, of being chained because they don't know how, because maybe they didn't. I know there are a lot of things that my mom did 
that I had to learn how to do them. She taught me how to do, I mean, she taught me to sew. She taught me a number of things and I cooked with her. I baked with her. Um, but there are some things that I didn't learn, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. It's entirely possible sure. too. Um, sure. And those things that felt hard were things that I maybe didn't know how to do well, or I didn't have confidence in. So the things that maybe were easier, or I thought came more naturally to me were the things I felt called to, but that's not always how it works. We have to learn some of this stuff. Um, And we have to teach our children that. Um, A few years after I I, I worked in uh, traditional publishing and then stayed home after our first son was born. And a few years later, my husband said, you know, one of the great things about you being home is that your cooking has gotten better. And he didn't mean it was bad before, but like I had more time to read recipes online and try things. And yeah. And and so I got better because I practiced it. Um, And I still mess up the turkey in a different way every year at Thanksgiving, but no one notices. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But some of that is just, we have to work at it. And I think some of us have been trained to work at our jobs and to work at maybe academics or maybe even sports or an instrument, but we haven't, we don't have it in our brains uh, that it's possible that we will have to work at some of this homemaking stuff and then it will become enjoyable. Not that everything has to be enjoyable, but I think that's a stumbling block for a lot of women. I do too. And that's one of the things that I cover in the book are resources that you can go to. So if time management is a challenge, you know, there are resources you can go to, um, cleaning. You know, my mom had the help of uh, someone who came in and helped clean. So training us in cleaning was not a high priority for her. But I remember being newly married and going down the grocery aisle and thinking, okay, what commercials did I see? Like, what what do I I use? They all do do the same thing. They all going to get and and then there's like technology in them, right? Like scrubbing things. And I don't know what any of that is. Yeah. And, and so my, and my sister has been a huge help. She has found the once a month cooking book that I adopted and I uh, used tremendously. We had four students living with us at the time. We also had six children. So I was preparing dinner for 12 every night and I adapted this once a month cooking to do once a quarter. And we took a day and a half. And by the end of a day and a half, I had more than a hundred meals in my freezer that could feed 12 people. What that did was it made it easy to make the dinners, including everybody. It it made it easy to just thaw two meals instead of one and take a meal to another another person who was in need. Um, Easy to expand for hospitality beyond the 12 of us. Um, And it only took a day and a half. Now I couldn't have organized the idea, but the book gave me the plan. And then I worked the plan. Same thing with cleaning. My sister found sidetracked home executives and I adopted their model and it changed our lives. Um, Breaking it down into very small increments, easy to give cards to my children and say, these are your tasks. This is how you can help mommy today. And there are many, many guides. The only thing I wish is that more older women would extend themselves to younger women and, and offer some things, maybe maybe offer a basic cooking class or a baking class and, and, and make it fun, you know, show what you can do. How do you use the different herbs? When do you throw out herbs? We just threw out some herbs that were in the containers when we got married. And my daughter was like, that was 41 years ago, mom. 
I don't think there's any flavor left in these. But she said, then go buy new because then you'll have it on hand and you'll use it. Right. So my daughters also and daughters-in-law share ideas. Um, the other thing is that we have prayer that will help our hearts embrace the work of homeworking, of, of homemaking. And I'm telling you, we can, we can fill our children and our spouse in our relationships with so much love as we do the practical things of homemaking. Yeah. Yeah. And if they see us being joyful about it, that's good for them too. That's good for our, I mean, we set the tone in our home. I know I can tell because when I'm cranky, everyone else gets cranky. I see it more in yeah. that. I recognize it more when I'm cranky than when I'm joyful. Um, yeah. And they want to be included. My, my kids want to help, but I don't always know how to invite them to help, or it seems like it's too hard for them to help. Well, and that's the other thing you have to decide, okay, training my child is worth it because it will be more work to do it alongside a child and let a child just do a half job and then, you know, finish the job and then teach them again the next step. And I know when, you, when you're expecting, when you've had a newborn, you're like, oh, I'm just going to clean the bathroom myself, hold the baby, I'll take care of it. But in the long run, won't a future in-law appreciate the fact that you have trained your sons as well as your daughters to do the dishes, to wash the pots and pans? One, one of my sons told me that um, he was living with a group of guys and none of them knew how to do dishes. And he said, mom, I just trained them because I wasn't <laughs> going to do it all alone. And he said, why? I really, I didn't realize how much I had learned. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was encouraging. And yeah, my oldest who thinks he might be called to the priesthood, I'm like, well, someone's going to have to clean the rectory, buddy. Yeah. on that. <laughs> um, so we are going to wrap it up, but that was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. I, have dipped into this book and I'm so excited to dig in more deeply. We need the practical stuff and we need the spiritual stuff so much. Um, all of yeah. our, our, our homes need it. And when that good stuff is happening in our homes, it goes out and it changes the world. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you did. You're welcome. God bless you, Lindsay. Friends, as always, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you.